Welcome to Stiefel's Sightlines Podcast, focusing each week on a topic or two important to investors. Well, greetings and welcome to the Sightlines Podcast. This is Michael O'Keefe, Stiefel's Chief Investment Officer. In this episode, I want to get uh, further into the troubling inflation that we're seeing. And recall in the last episode or so, we've been talking about the idea of navigating the balance of 2022, really where there's some key dates uh, with data being released and news coming out, let's say, with Fed policy, et cetera. And so just recently, we had an important uh, inflation report, the August inflation reports, both for consumer price index and producer price index. And kind of the punchline is they were both uh, worse than we expected uh, and certainly uh, not as good as what we saw for July. And so we want to unpack that a little bit, try to understand what's going on, and then talk about that in terms of the implications for Fed policy and the markets. So when we look at CPI, basically for August, it rose 0.1%, which as a headline number is actually pretty good, right? So that actually annualizes to an annualized rate of about 1.2%. Uh, but when we unpack that one number, what we see is it's really a, a number that was dampened by a fall in uh, energy prices. Uh, so think of it as, uh, in the case of energy, falling 5% over the month. And so a lot of times, you know, energies uh, and food actually both are quite volatile. So people will Uh, instead focus on what's called the core CPI, which is essentially CPI excluding energy and food. And in August, unfortunately, that rose uh, 0.6%, which annualizes to a number of 7.44. So think of that as well above the Fed's 2% target. That was a number that was higher than expected for sure. I think the expectations were for about a 0.3% rise. And when uh, when we look at it, Basically, we saw categories that were up a bit, um, uh, price increases for the month. Uh, So think of shelter, for example, rising 0.7, medical care services up 0.8, home household furnishings up 1%, new vehicles prices up 0.8%, and insurance for motor vehicles up 1.3%. So all of those were sort of you know, obviously numbers that contributed to this idea of a monthly rise of 0.6. One category that fell, which I think those of us that fly uh, experienced, were airline fares, which fell uh, just under 5%, so down 4.6% in the month of August. Now, um, when we switch our our focus to the producer price index, uh, basically that headline number fell 0.1%. And uh, similarly, that was driven by lower gasoline prices, for example, and some things coming down uh, like uh, eggs from chickens or, you know, what are called primary basic organic chemicals, both of those falling. But again, when we focus on core, which excludes food and energy, uh, the the PPI, kind of that traditional old-fashioned just exclude food and energy definition was up about 0.4%. So once again, a number that was above expectations and, and kind of spooked the markets. So the, I would say the August inflation report, they were negative, uh, and it just reinforces that the Fed has to keep uh, an active focus on hiking rates, its hawkish policy shift, etc. And to give you a sense for the numbers, basically prior to these releases, there was sort of a debate going on in futures markets where the people were trying to figure out whether the Fed was going to raise at next week's meeting 
a half a percent or three quarters of a percent. And, uh, you know, the probabilities were kind of shifting around. And the idea of only half a percent uh, was that, hey, maybe inflation was cooling and the Fed could back off a little bit. Well, with this report, it kind of shifted focus. And so we see uh, last we looked uh, about a 70 percent chance of a three quarter point rate hike at the next meeting, which again is next week. Uh, but actually a 30 percent chance. The other part of that probability isn't on 50 half a percent. Um, it's actually on one percent. So the idea is that the Fed may go even further than the recent hikes of three quarters of a point to make a statement. Now, the other thing we'll learn next week is the summary of economic projections from the Fed, which will give us a sense for uh, what, where they see things going in terms of inflation, the economy, and, and their own Fed funds rate. And recall that the Fed is a little, was a little bit behind, meaning they expected inflation to calm down. And then through the year, they've had to acknowledge and sort of adjust their projections to indicate that, that it wasn't. And uh, correspondingly, of course, a, a forecast or a projection that they would have to hike rates further and that would calm the economy down or slow to the economy down. So, again, everybody will be watching that SEP report, which comes out uh, with the next uh, Fed meeting announcement. In any event, switching gears to a couple other important categories. Um, the first is really retail sales. So retail sales, remember the consumer consumption makes up about two thirds of GDP. And so a focus on that and understanding where the consumer's mind is and act activity is, um, is, uh, is pretty important. And so people watch retail sales as an indication of that. And the good news in a way is that uh, at least headline uh, August retail sales were up more than expected. And so there was a, um, uh, a, a, a essentially a print of about 0.3%. I think there was an expectation, a consensus that was well below that. Think of it as pretty much flat. And, uh, and what was interesting is that the consumer, the component for, so let's say, buying gas was actually down a little bit because gas prices fell. That gave, think of it as the consumer, a little bit more spending power elsewhere. And so things like uh, an increase in motor vehicle sales, an increase in food services and drinking places, and then building materials and garden equipment, all of those rose, you know, between one and, and call it three percent, almost three percent. And so. Um, long story short, we saw categories that were up a bit in terms of spending volume. Now, there is one um, measure that uh, that is called control group sales, which is, uh, is essentially excluding auto dealers, food services, building materials, and gas. And so think of it as more volatile things, et cetera. And that actually is a component of GDP, that idea of control group sales. And and essentially, uh, that was flat in August. So while it was a good headline number, you know, when we look at sort of that, the equivalent of almost like the core that influences GDP, it was a little bit softer. Net, 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 I would just say it was a pretty good reading and an indication that the consumer is remaining reasonably engaged, which is a little bit of a tailwind to support uh, the economy. Now, I'll just close by saying, you know, it's uh, as I record this, we're expecting a consumer sentiment figure tomorrow. Don't know what it is yet. There's just been this general sense of the consumer feeling a little bit better through time. So we'll see tomorrow if that if that data point reinforces it. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it and I should have probably started with this. We, we had a, a pretty negative uh, pair of uh, inflation reports. We saw some market volatility, some decline in the equity markets as a result of that. As, as we've talked about, there are all these dates out there where other data is going to get released, Fed meetings, results, all that. And we're going to see some volatility. Um, hey, even for midterms, there's always a sense of un, 
known and uncertainty into the midterms. And then once we get through the midterms, things tend to calm down a little bit. So lots and lots to talk about in future episodes here for the balance of 2022. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to Stiefel's Sightlines. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to automatically receive each week's podcast in your feed.